Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons podcast. Neats, what about that new theme song? How good is it? Isn't it amazing? It was, um, uh, I was going to say written, but definitely not written because I think It's a Grand Old Flag has probably uh, predated this podcast, but um, it was uh, basically, um, oh, what's the word? Arranged. Sorry, that's the word. Music speak. It was arranged specifically for the Deluded podcast by one of our favorite people, Matt Hines. Yeah, he did a pretty bloody, bloody good job of it as well because we've been stealing the Melbourne Demons uh, copyrighted song for a long time. Uh, not that they really seem to care about our, our challenge to their podcast. <laughs> our fledgling podcast um, with like five listeners, yeah. So we wanted something that had the same core, I suppose, being the Melbourne Demons, but with a bit of flair. And I think it come out, it's come out pretty well. I think he nailed it. So thank you so much to Matt Hines. We're super appreciative. And I'm sure he's listening to this podcast in uh, Washington, D.C. somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the game needs. It looked pretty hairy there for the first uh, three quarters, but in the end, a pretty crushing win. Yeah, we were peppering the goals pretty badly, but I think that ultimately we were just clearly the superior team and North really look like they are just limping to the finish line of this season. I mean, they've had so many injuries. Cunnington wasn't playing. Zebel wasn't playing. Like that's Ben Brown. Ben Brown. I mean, Ben Brown has been here for your season, but still, I mean, without like two of their best players in Cunnington and Zebel, they were always going to struggle a bit. But um, true. No, no Taron Thomas. No, yeah, you know. But, though we didn't have Gorn and Viney. That is true. But I think that you know North are a lot more reliant on those players given where they're at at the moment, and I think that. Um, you know, we definitely looked like the better team probably from the second quarter onwards, but we couldn't necessarily put them away. Um, but then it was pleasing to see us put them away in the fourth quarter in particular. Yeah, the last two games have been pretty much the same, like two and a half or so quarters where we look pretty garbage and you start to wonder about Goodwin's job, to be honest, <laughs> um, but then just dominating late in games. So that's something because our percentages now rocketed up to 109 after being 89 only you know, two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, and it, no, that was pleasing to see that they've, they're obviously closing out games pretty well. So that's well done to Darren Burgess because obviously they've got quite short breaks this season. So right. and we have like no injuries. Yeah, really. I mean, obviously, obviously, Gorn was out um, and Viney was out this week, but I think they're really being kind of managed. And well, Viney had that concussion thing, mm, right? Mm. But I think we're either the second or the third best in the AFL for injuries this year, which is a huge change. Yeah, massive. So that's that's definitely pleasing to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so should we be really excited right now, or is this exactly what we the minimum that we should have done against um, you know two pretty average teams? I think that they're pretty pretty poor teams. I mean, both of them look like they're not up to AFL standard. To be perfectly honest with you, I mean, some of the North Melbourne kicking was just awful. I mean, I remember it was Bailey Scott just streaming into an open forward, like like, like literally open 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 forward fifty, and then just spraying the kick, and it was just embarrassing to be honest at some points. So I don't think we should be that excited because given the quality of the opposition, but. You know, it, there were definitely some things to be pleased by. So Angus Brayshaw looked a lot better this week. I mean, he looked like the Gus of 2018 in some respects in terms of him racking up the ball, um, collecting uncontested possessions and, and using the ball reasonably well. Yeah, I think I think he's playing a lot better uh, and that's going to be huge for us. I mean, look, his kicking I still think is a bit of a problem. I think his disposal efficiency was around about 50, which wasn't great. But he is just breaking away into space a lot more and clearly he's relishing a lot of time in the center. Well, let's talk about Gus's role because 
you know, here's the thing. Last week there was a lot of, or after the Port game, there was a lot of discussion about the fact that maybe Gus needs to be traded, maybe Oliver needs to be traded, someone needs to be traded because they've got too many of the same type of midfield or too many of the same type of players in the midfield and too many big dogs. I mean, look, for me, I just completely disagree. I think that a really good coach not to knock Simon Goodwin, but to knock Simon Goodwin, would know how to harness all four of them. You know, like you look at the Brisbane Lions midfield back in their heyday, they had three Brownlow medalists in that midfield. They were all bull hunting. They were all big dogs who wanted to be the main people in the middle of the ground. And yet they had three Brownlow medalists and three um, premierships. So look, I think a good coach knows how to actually manage them all, especially because I actually disagree that they are all the same player. I think that that's not true. And I think that's quite simplistic analysis from Matthew Lloyd and Kane Corns. I think that for example, Track has some X-factor skills that none of the rest of them have. Obviously, he's amazing and clean at stoppages, and that was again on display over the weekend. Um, Oliver is just an animal in the contest, right? Um, and, and Gus has actually got more sort of speed and pace, I would say, and an ability to sort of get on the outside and then run into an into the forward 50. Um, and obviously, Track can, can go forward as well. And then Viney is just kind of this like pure midfield bull kind of player. But the point I'm trying to make is they've all, they do have different strengths. I mean, just because they all like the contest doesn't mean that they're all the same player. And I think that particularly Gus has a real point of difference. So I'd be really disappointed if they traded Gus at the end of the year. Yeah, and look, I don't think they'll they'll trade Gus, or I can't imagine they'll really want to, because you know we do have something that's the envy of other teams, which is our inside midfielders. I think the problem is, even though players like Viney and Gus are different players, they both relish being the one closest to the stoppage, right? I think we want Gus to be an outside midfielder, but he really likes to be inside, or so, inside going from inside to outside, right? And so it's perhaps not a, not a coincidence that he plays a little bit better with Viney out of the team. You know, because it gives him that opportunity. So, well, you've done some analysis on Gus's performances with Viney in the team and with Viney out of the team. Yeah, and look, to be honest, in 2018 there really wasn't much difference because Viney missed several games and Gus played well regardless. So clearly, in 2018 we were able to work out a way to to fit that together. But but definitely this year, looking at the way they play, Gus just seems more comfortable when he's right in the middle of it. Yeah, I think so. And I think that, look, we need to figure out a way to make it work. And it's hard because, you know, back in 2018, Petrarca wasn't in the midfield. Petrarca was basically playing at a half forward role. So maybe you send him a bit, maybe Petrarca rests forward a bit more now, but then we want him in the midfield. Look, they need to figure out how they're going to make it all work. But I guess what I would say is, you know, we do have like this this incredible supply of midfielders who are very, very contestable animals. But I do think particularly Gus can get on, does accumulate uncontested possessions, but he needs to feel like he's in the thick of it yeah. in order to get those uncontested possessions, if I, that makes sense. I think he's one of those players that needs touches early in a game. He needs to really feel in it. Um, and if he doesn't, I think he often really slumps. So, yeah, I don't really know. Maybe that means in the first quarter, just giving him a lot more opportunity than some of the other ones and then, you know, right. and then getting f- him into the game. And yeah. then after that, he's going to be fine. You know? I, I think that's right. And, and look, let's be honest here. I mean, the, the modern day, having four awesome midfielders is just not a problem. I mean, mm. especially when they're not all going to be firing at once. They're probably all going to be, some people have their up and down days. Yeah. And I do think that um, Gus can push, you know, can kick uh, goals from from the center bounces in the similar, similar sort of similarish fashion to Petrarca, not as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think Oliver's a decent mark, you know, so you could put Oliver somewhere else. Like, I think that they're all capable of playing in different positions. I just think that they haven't been harnessed properly. 
I think they're all capable. To be honest, I still think that only Petrarca is a really excellent kick. Uh, I know some people think that Gus is. I think he's up and down, um, and he certainly has his moments. I think he's a confidence kick. He's a confidence kick. I think Petrarca is, you know, obviously one of the best kicks in the game. And if we could find one other good kick to bring into the midfield mix, I think that would be huge. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I mean, we've still got a pretty bloody good midfield. And and I guess the question is, with this midfield now starting to gel, do you think we can make the finals? Um, I think so, but I do think that we'll probably finish uh, eighth or ninth, only because of the fact that I, I well, really eighth would be fine. Eighth would be fine, but I, I don't think we're like a serious finals contender. As I sure. guess my point, I think that excuse me, I think the forward line is still a problem, and I think that Wiedemann's looking really quite promising. So he's showing. Um, some real signs of improvement. Obviously, he was peppering the goals a lot early in the game, but then he sort of um, got his act together a little bit more later on. But I, I think that he is showing real signs of improvement, and hopefully next year he can really take this next step and be one of the best forwards in the game. Um, but this year I still think is a little bit up and down. Um, but, you know, Jackson is still young, and, you know, poor thing was in there. Yeah. <laughs> was- we were talking him up as uh, the next uh, Australian Ruckman last week. Might be a little bit overweight. A little bit, but you know, uh, he, he, didn't, did, he didn't have a single hit out to advantage. Look, he's think, also yeah. like a child. He's a kid. I mean, he's a yeah, child. Yeah, yeah. He's and against, against Goldstein and Mad Jack, that's two pretty big characters. Yeah, but he'll completely own them in his career. Anyway, it's fine. But I, um, I just think that in terms of making the finals, you know, our, our friend Tom Morris made a really good point actually on Fox Footy. Um, notice how I called him my friend, our friend. Anyway, um, he made a really good point on Fox Footy where he said that, uh, you know, people often talk about whether or not 2018 or 2019 were the aberrations for Melbourne, but really um, 2020 and the fact that we're five and five is kind of actually really where we're at, which is we're an average team. We've got some really good talent. And I think that I really believe that with a better coach or a more tactical coach, we could actually harness all that talent. But right now, I think we're just an average team. So whether or not we make eighth, ninth or 10th, I mean, that none of those positions would surprise me, but I don't think we're moving any up any higher than that. Yeah, I think we're sort of like where we were in 2018 going into the finals before we just had that surge um, and, you know, beat a couple of, had a couple of good wins in the finals. But, you know, like a solid team that that didn't do great against the top teams. I think we've lost to five out of the uh, top six. Is that right? Um, But we're going to beat the teams around us and below us. And that's definitely enough to make the finals. And, you know, this year, right? Like make the finals, you got a shot. And if you look at our run, I mean, Collingwood's a massive game next week. If we can pull that off, I mean, the Bulldogs are so flaky. We could beat them. Essendon's struggling a bit. Fremantle we should beat. I think GWS and St. Kilda will be tough, but then we have Sydney at the end. There's definitely, I mean, every one of those games is winnable. And I think we really should win three, maybe four of them. And I think four would get us into the finals. Yeah, I think that's right. And especially because Collingwood just have so many injuries at the moment. So Trelaw's yeah. now out. Obviously, Quain is out with that horrific injury to his leg. Um, and... You know, it's unclear if Pendlebury is going to be able to come back by by then, and then Dugowie's out. So, you know, there's just a lot of injuries at Collingwood. So, yeah. you know, we really should be should be quite competitive against them, I would say. But you never know with this team. Um, Sydney, so what made you smile this week? Cosy Pickett, um, and and not even just Cosy Pickett, not even just his exquisite delivery into the forward line, or the fact that he's just a genius, and his goal was just beautiful to watch, wasn't it? Um, Honestly, it was actually probably Nick Del Santo's commentary of Cosy Pickett <laughs> made me smile the most. He is just a sycophant and I quite love it. Yeah. 
Yeah. What happened in the commentary? Well, the commentary was when he was sort of like, we talk a lot about Cozzy Pickett's goals and, we, and his tackles, but let's talk about the work that he's doing off the ball. And this was, he was not involved in the passenger play that led to a goal at all. And his off the ball work in that context wasn't that <laughs> impressive either. So yeah. I just love the sort of sycophancy of Cozzy Pickett. He's, he's a story a no matter what, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. But geez, he looked good. And that goal he kicked in that first quarter, was actually really important because really North important. had started really well. It was a fantastic goal. Um, his it's field kicking is great, and I really love him up the field. Um, he's just such a precise kick, you know? And maybe that's the secret, because playing him deep, it is hard being a small forward, you know? You're going to have some weeks where you don't really touch the ball. But if we can get him involved closer to the middle, even throw him in the odd bounce and just see how he goes. Yeah, exactly. He's got real speed. He's got real class. I love him. He's yeah. great. But he, um, he look, he'll give away a couple of free kicks per game for something untoward, but that's all right. Yep. We just we live with that. We live with that. It's Can well we also it. talk about how bad the free kick count was? Yeah, we've had two pretty rough weeks with the free kick. What is with us and Adelaide Oval? It was shocking. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very good, um, but didn't hurt us. Kieran, what made you smile this week? For me, it was uh, Trent Rivers. Um, I think he had a really, really solid game. So we had 14 touches, took a couple of really big hangers. Yeah, I was very impressed with his marking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't know at all about that side of his game. And he just looked really composed with the ball, didn't he? Um, so he's looking good. And it does make me wonder about Jeddah's position. Well, the thing about Rivers is, it, you know, and again, like as I said, I don't think we're really going to be contending this year. So I wouldn't really be averse to them keeping Rivers in. I mean, look, I know Jeddah's obviously got all the experience and, um, and he's been an excellent defender for so many years for Melbourne, but I, I quite like Rivers in there. I don't know. I think he just adds some speed and some spunk, but, you know, given the fact that they've got so many short breaks, it'll probably be a rotation of Rivers and Jeddah, I'd say. I think that's right. And look, one thing I think Rivers is probably untested in is how good is he as, as a lockdown small defender? I mean, it's one thing to, to get the ball and it's the kind of thing that obviously the fans like to see, but frankly, as a small defender, sometimes if you get no possessions, but you keep Charlie Cameron to no possessions. That's really all that matters. Yeah. So, and Jeddah has been a master of that for so many years now. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, just just the composure, the way he uses the ball, I think it's pretty pretty bloody exciting. And even Sparrow um, has, has looked pretty solid as well. So, his first goal in AFL. It was actually a pretty nice goal. Yeah. And look, I, I have to say, this goes to my theory needs, which I think we probably disagree with, which is I think Jason Taylor has done a pretty good job my main problems with the club have been the list management, right? And and obviously, it's hard to know how all of these people interact. But some of our trading and things like that, I really haven't liked. But I don't think Jason Taylor has made too many really bad calls. Do you? Well, I think we have too many of the same type of player. And I hmm. think that just on the list in general, like, for example, Chompers Harms, I think he's struggling but he was at the a moment. rookie, wasn't he? He was, yeah. And for no, a rookie, but, that's a phenomenal No, pick, for yeah. sure, for sure. But for a while, it did look like we had this – like Vandenberg is struggling at the moment. We just – Also a rookie. You also know? a rookie. But they're all getting games. And look, I'm not sure if that's a list management decision or a recruitment decision, but yeah. um, both of them look really quite poor at the moment, wouldn't you say? Sure, but – just just on, on Taylor before we get to them. I mean, you know, Luke Jackson was a bit of a big call. Um, he took him. Cozzy Pickett, you know, ambitious. And obviously time will tell how, how well these, these picks play out. But it looks all right. I mean, look, I'm still not sure about the Sparrow, Jordan types, whether that's exactly what Oscar, we need. Bedford and Oscar Baker and those people. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, every recruiter is going to have some misses. I just think Taylor's done a pretty competent job, you know, and he does cop a bit. Um, but I would hold your fire for Josh Marnie, but that's a, a separate issue. Mm. 
Um, but yes, Vandenberg, geez, he's struggling, isn't he? He is struggling. And I think he is an example of when, when they talk about how Melbourne have too many of the same type of players, like I think Vandenberg and Harms really embody that. Um, I think that they're, and even Jones, to be honest, at the moment, I mean, all three of them are such hard nuts, but and they're definitely giving it a real hot crack, but... I just think that in terms of their use and disposal at the moment, it's it's just not up to it's just not up to scratch. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'd be surprised if Vandenberg held a spot this week. I mean, another player could be in a bit of trouble is Harms. I mean, the the team loves him, so it's hard to imagine. But once again, you know, I think he had maybe like eight or nine possessions, uh, had some clangers. You know, he's really struggling. Like, you know, there's it, no guarantee that he stays in the team. I don't think. Yeah, I would say that. Um, but one player that did come in that I actually think did okay, and that's this week's winner of the Rowan Bale Award, um, Charlie Spargo. My guy. Yeah, only on height. You've never been very sympathetic to him. Um, I thought he was pretty good. You know, he had eight kicks. He went at 90% disposal efficiency. He was involved in quite a few scores. He was just very precise with his kicking, right? He's actually quite a good kick, isn't he? And so, look, yeah. he looks a lot – I mean, look, from this one game, I was quite – I was. I thought last year I wasn't sure where he was as a footballer. Yeah. But – you know, he looked a lot better. The thing about him is I think he's got two things, right? He's a very good tackler and he's a very precise He's kick. a very good kick. Yeah. Short kick, but he doesn't. He can't kick it very long. So I do wonder if he's the kind of player that can get going when the team is really, really good. And obviously that's true of a lot of players, but there's some players who I think are completely dependent on the team being really good. You know, they don't have enough skill or class to do it without that. But, you know, 2018 is pretty good. And maybe if the team gets rolling, he'll find a role. I don't mm. know. No, maybe. Yeah. Um, particularly in contrast to Alex Neil Bullen, your perennial most hated player. Well, no, but you know, he's, what did you think of the whole suspension that got handed down? I thought it was very harsh. I mean, look, obviously dangerous act. They want to stamp it out, but given what, what happened with Burgoyne just a few weeks ago, four weeks is rough. Yeah. And it is very much penalizing two things. One it's penalizing, um, the injury. I mean, just yeah. because Dangerfield was okay at the end of those, at the end of that, uh, that sling tackle that really played a role in it. Whereas because Hamill was so injured, you know, had a concussion and was out for the rest of the game, they were obviously punishing that rather than the yeah. actual act. And the second thing as well is it's just a fact that if he was a more high profile player, he would not have gotten that treatment. I don't think. Right. He's a bit of a sacrificial lamb. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's easy to make a sacrificial lamb for a yeah. player that people aren't going to get particularly angry about. I mean, and that Melbourne supporters will cheer being out of the, the team for four weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, Largely. Not, maybe not the expense of it you know, concussion, but yeah. No, I don't, I don't think people are supporting a concussion. But I think Melbourne supporters would not care about him being out of the team for a few weeks, which yeah. is, it's a sad reality, isn't it? I really think he's been made a bit of a victim of this um, because, frankly, he seems like a pretty fair player. I've never seen him, like, have cheap shots at people behind play. And he clearly wasn't trying to injure anyone. I think that's very, very harsh. But anyway. Um, Neats, this week, ins and outs. So I think that Jones and... Uh Jones should go out and potentially Tom McDonald. I mean, I just didn't think that he gave that much, hmm. um, but they might persist with him just because of, you know. I don't think so. I mean, they were pretty clear that they didn't like the three tall forwards thing and they only brought Tom McDonald back in for Gorn, right? Hmm. So unless they want to give Luke Jackson rest, surely Tom McDonald will go out. Yeah. So I'd say it'd be Gorn and Viney in for Jones and Tom McDonald. Yeah, I would, well, actually, Vandenberg. I would drop Vandenberg in a yeah, heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jones wasn't good, but he wasn't actively harmful. Yeah, like, like no, Vandenberg. Vandenberg. I think, and even Harms, to be honest, could potentially be on the chopping block. Yeah, I think I think Harms will probably survive. Uh, but you know, the team's going to roll, so you probably don't want to make too many changes right now. And this is a massive, massive game. I really think if we win this, we make the finals. If we don't, we won't. You know, mm. I feel like the season completely rides on this. So, what's your prediction? I think we'll win. 
Yeah, I yeah. think Collingwood have got a lot of injuries. I mean, Trelaw being out is huge. Um, I think that, yeah, I think we'll win. For me, to be honest, it comes down to Pendlebury a yeah. bit. Um, I've seen too many games where Collingwood's midfield has just torn us apart with some combination of side bottom and Pendlebury. So I don't know. I, I think we should win, but if Pendlebury's back, I, I don't know if we will. I mean, they're really struggling to kick goals and our defense is looking good. So that's one positive. Right. And the thing is, is though, the corollary of that though is that their defense, like Darcy yeah. Moore just looks unbelievable. He looks unbeatable at the moment. Yeah. Um, so Amazing be, test for Wiedemann, isn't very it? Very big test for Wiedemann and very interesting to see how he goes. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining Deluded again. Deluded's a bit exhausted. There's kind of three podcasts in five days or something like that. Um, But we hope you are enjoying the podcast. Um, And yeah, massive, massive game next week. And we'll be back with you next weekend after the game to dissect hopefully our uh, run to the finals. Go Dees. Go Dees. Go Dees.